0: Quarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. everybody. Welcome to Grim America. We're here to talk about all things American. That's North America because the Southern Americans are not included in this. Okay.
1: Beauty hey? All right, guys. Welcome back to the Gray America show. We're going to be talking uh, with Daniele Bellelli and Rich Evers of uh, the Drunken Taoist podcast in our second, second uh, biannual or whatever the fuck they'll end up being roundtable episode. RPJ joins us. Um, yeah, but, uh, with me as always, the uh, grimy Graham Dunlop. How's it going, buddy?
2: I've been better. My Bye. computer broke tonight and we've had some technical difficulties and you're calling me grimy and your last name's Grimes. So I don't know what the deal is here. Grimy, grimy Erica.
1: Grimy. Yeah. I don't
2: know. So we got red pill junkie the our, uh, our buddy and infamous Fortean blogger with us. How you doing, Red?
3: Hey guys, how's it going? Well, I think we are. It's it's uh, safe to say, Graham, that you are better than the poor people of Nebraska. I'm just reading that they suffer from a deadly twin tornadoes. So, if any one of our listeners is from there, I hope that you guys are all right that are safe, you, and that nothing terrible happened to you and your family.
2: Yeah, yeah, we're sorry. About I've that. seen
3: the pictures. Of that that's crazy. I'm yeah.
2: sitting here with first world problems. So I got to use a Mac instead of my PC, so... Well, that's just a little reality check. <laughs> I just wanted to give you... <laughs> Thanks, buddy.
1: That's because of global cooling. Oh, global okay. climate global warming.
2: Global climate cooling No, warming. global climate warming is the new term.
3: We don't want to what get the- into that. Okay, let's not then. Yeah, let's not. So what's new, Red? Well... Nothing much. Well, speaking about uh, the, the, our future next talk with Daniele and Ricci, uh, you see how the, some, uh, they used to make fun of the poor old uh, Pope Francis because he, mistake, he, he was giving a speech in Italian, and he mistaked the word uh, "casso" for "cazzo," which in, Spanish, <laughs> in Italian it means the <laughs> cock. So you know, you know, you you know that the winds of change are blowing when you hear you know the 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 leader of the one of the biggest religions in the world you know go out and say cock in public. So I was uh, reading that you know he he gave an interview for I think uh, uh, some newspaper you know uh, telling how he decided to ditch the popemobile you know the this vehicle with plexiglass. That is intended to, you know, prevent uh, pre- prevent the Pope from getting shot by a sniper, or whatever, you know, because after all, in 1980, uh, John Paul II, you know, he, uh, was almost killed, you know, by a long gunman in the uh, St. Peter's Square, and after that, you know, that was what was the tradition that, you know, in every public appearance, whenever he will go. They will go and transport him, you know, uh, on a vehicle. They, they will use this, the, the famous popmobile, uh, But now this man is yet again breaking the tradition and saying, no. Nope. you know. He's too old and he knows that what what could happen, but he literally is putting his life in the hands of God. No? So, so no,
2: no more winds of change blowing Castle in the <laughs>
3: Well, Apparently, no. I mean, the guy is really... Walking the Walk, and like Greg Taylor, you know, my mentor at the Daily Grail, said, you know, Bill Hicks would have not with approval, you know. Bill Hicks used to have this bit about the Pope and say, hey, I love the Pope. I love seeing him in his mobile. his three feet of bulletproof plexiglass. That's faith in action, folks. You know, he's got God on his side. But now the guy really is, you know, putting his uh, life on, uh, on the divine providence, providence if you will. So
2: how long does he have left in office still?
3: Uh, well, until he dies or resigns, like he's uh, uh, a dispersor.
2: huh.
3: There's no votes? Maybe, <laughs> maybe like, what, 10 years, 15 years? You know, it's a very stressing job. You know, these these guys literally uh, tire this, themselves to death.
4: Hmm.
3: You know, imagine it's like... Uh, the the job of the president of the United States, but instead of just four or eight years, it's like 10, 12.
2: It's, it's crazy. Eh? The Vatican's its own, like, uh, sovereign nation, eh?
3: Yeah, that's that started uh, back when uh, Benito Mussolini gave them, you know. Yeah, that's
2: a trip to me. <laughs> I Isn't know. it? It's weird. So, hmm
1: craziness did you get uh, did we get any uh spam this week
2: oh yeah i got yeah i got a couple of, yeah it's coming it's uh your spam plan is working buddy
1: any junk mail yet
2: nothing yet buddy Fuck,
1: i encourage oh, at least someone top to notch forward stuff actual spam to grab
2: no 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 we don't have to go there jesus <laughs> um okay so we got a we got an email from uh A lot of RPG fans, too. A lot of Red Pill Junkie fans here. So we got our email from our friend in Scandinavia here. We're
1: piggybacking off RPG's shoulders. I know,
2: I know. (laughs) I enjoy your talks with RPG a lot, so keep them coming. Or blowing. (laughs) No. Well, much obliged. So he's got a story from when he was in the army. I'm not going to use his name because he signed a keep this secret contract with the army. In 1999, I was in the army being briefed on a couple of episodes. The Norwegian special forces, that's FSK, FJK, and MJK, were involved in. One of the episodes were about the FSK, which is a commando. Okay. I don't know what that means, but it's probably like an army instead of a navy type thing. Helping Americans hiding and transporting nuclear weapons in Norway even if we have a law over here stating that we shall never have any nuclear weapons ever in that country. Fucking Americans, eh? Force <laughs> their will on everyone. Hi, NSA and CIA he says. <laughs> hmm. So it's interesting. I wonder if there's any UFO sightings over nuclear arms being transported in countries where they weren't supposed to be. Being run. Yeah.
3: Nukes being World. sold. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. eh? You, have, you guys have an upcoming episode with Nick Pope, in, in which you will discuss the rendition missing that, and nuclear weapons are a, a an essential, essential component in that story.
2: Yeah, we do. And we talk a bit about uh, nukes on that one in other areas of the world. So, yeah, that's a big one. So I've got some more from him here. So. The other thing I got briefed on happened during the Cold War. One of Norway's NATO responsibilities were observing and monitoring Russia's submarine activities near our coast. The Navy got some weird signals and reports from the south coast of Norway. The Navy went to investigate, sent special forces divers, that's the MJK, the Marine Jäger Commando, down Jagger. To... Jäger. Jäger? Jäger. Jäger. Jäger, I think. Jäger, Jäger. They went down to have a look. The, the divers didn't find anything, but suddenly something big approached the divers, flashing two big lights at them. First thing the divers thought and reported was, we got a Russian submarine. But after a couple minutes of flashing, the divers with the two big and powerful lights, the divers with the two big and powerful lights, the object stopped flashing and took off, towards the depths at incredible speed, much faster than any man-made submarine can travel. They lost track of it and never saw it again. USO, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, he he actually emailed me about some that underwater stuff the night we were talking about it. You and me and uh, Red, actually, were talking about underwater mysteries. Mm-hmm.
1: Didn't we release an episode that night about talking about underwater it, mysteries? he
2: emailed me before the release, buddy. Really? Yeah.
3: Hmm. So that's another synchronicity then?
2: Yeah, it could be considered one.
3: Six. I wasn't going to bring that
2: up, but yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> that's better than better than me and my Norwegian buddy thought you'd give us. I'm
1: in a good mood tonight.
2: <laughs> that's because that's I'm using his Mac. Oh,
3: yeah.
1: You don't have to look at that giant PC. Usually I can't even <laughs> see you. You're hiding behind that fucking giant fucking gas-powered <laughs> PC or...
3: Did he force you to wear a turtleneck sweater, also? Hey, take it easy over there. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear another one, then?
1: I do. Keep them coming. Always love feedback. All
2: right. Okay, this is from a local buddy. He says, "Love the show. He's been listening to it for about a year, and keep up the good work." He says, "I don't know what to make of this, but here it goes." The first thing I have to talk about is about a UFO I saw driving to Carstairs. It was about eleven o'clock. At night, when we were driving, we got hit real hard with extremely thick fog. So bad, I had to slow down to 10. I couldn't see anything. And as fast as it came, it was gone. Now, after it left, I saw this really bright light in the sky. It didn't move, and it just stayed there. And we looked at it for probably 15 to 20 seconds. And all of a sudden, another bright light seemed to cut the other light in half, and it disappeared so interesting because it's like the typical cliche of the fog on the road like i wonder if there's any missing time or anything from that (laughs) you know that's like the the typical one where you 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 have that account as you regressed because there's weird shit happening in your life
1: i wonder what
3: a hypnotic regression would bring up (laughs) also thick fogs are also very characteristic of uh, tales of like sleeping into another Uh, parallel dimension of an alternative, you you know, like an alternative reality.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like you end up driving and you're all of a sudden in some little town that's from 50 years ago or something like that. Exactly. Hmm. I like it. Cool. Okay. I got another one. So this one was very recent It happened about three days ago from this email and the email was a few days old. So just like just barely a week ago, I was sitting in my living room watching regular TV and out of, I like how we say regular TV these days, <laughs> as opposed to like internet TV or Netflix. I was watching regular TV and out of the corner of my eye, I saw a light, almost like an orb. And when I saw it, my phone went off. I didn't think much of the phone, but I thought to myself, it might be my girlfriend's grandfather. And then about an hour went by. I got up to go for a smoke and I checked my phone. And when I read my phone, it was a message from my dad saying my grandfather died. I don't know if that orb I saw was my grandfather. I just thought I would share those two. Maybe they would interest you enough to hear your take on it. And thanks for reading. Keep rocking the podcast, guys. And that's from Jay Snow.
3: Mm, Very interesting.
1: Local boy, day one. Perfect. Yeah, Thanks awesome, for listening. Man. Well, that's sorry to hear about your grandfather. Yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, but
2: I'm glad he had a chance to visit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's classic, uh, classic,
2: <laughs> classic. What?
1: Classic. Uh, I don't know. Death research. Stuff <laughs> like you hear on Skeptico, right? It's not NDE. I don't know what is it. No, like uh, what's it's the like technical a- term?
3: I don't know, but that reminds me a lot of the this new book released by this female author that. The one you she guys relates. wanted to have on the, on the show? Exactly. You know, she relates all those kinds of, you know, coincidence of meaningful events, you know. Around, around deaths point. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the death of relatives or something.
2: Was that opening heaven's door or something
3: like that? Or? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. that might be it, something, something like that. Yeah. Is that exactly it?
1: That's exactly it. Yeah, I actually I sent her an email, I think, or something. I sent something okay. trying to get her on the show.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I I mean, man, that's hard to deny those things when the coincidences happen like that, and you see some orb is flying around, maybe in intelligent fashion or something like that.
1: And the timing's impeccable. Exactly.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thanks for uh, thanks for the story, and once again, sorry about your grandpa. But I think, uh, I think that was a passing. It's like that ether, that time in between, where you have and you can be everywhere at once. And
2: yeah, yeah, awesome. Mm. Mm. So, do you got anything to share, Dan? I
1: don't think so. Am I supposed to?
2: I'm uh, just asking.
1: Synchronicity.
4: <laughs> 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 okay.
1: Just <this> for sharing. <laughs>
4: That's good.
2: All right. It's time for the profound UFO quote of the week. This one is a special one for Daniele Bellelli. Um, Many men have seen them, UFOs, and have not been mistaken.
1: Just, uh, you know, they, they can't see your air quotes. Air quotes. Air quotes.
2: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pronounce it so that they get the message. Okay. Who are we to doubt their word? Only a few weeks ago, a Palermo policeman photographed one, and four Italian Navy officers saw a 300 foot long fiery craft rising from the sea and disappearing into the sky. Why should these men of law enforcement and defense lie? That's from Lord Rankinlure, member of the House of Lords.
3: Uh, do, you, do we have a date? No. Unknown date.
2: Yeah, my guess is it's in the late seventies. No, we're just guessing. No. Yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> well, there were a lot of UFO sightings in Italy in the nineteen fifties.
2: Ah, maybe it's that old. I don't know. Yeah. Italian four Italian navy officers, three hundred foot long fiery craft rising from the sea. Another USO.
3: Another USO. Wow.
1: Yeah. Coming up, Well, you pick that one though, so that doesn't count. For exactly.
2: Anything. <laughs> i I appropriately picked it, yeah
1: exactly You're trying mm. to cheat the scale, yeah cheat the scale, Graham the scale knows
2: so darren are we uh are we doing the mummy mummy, mummy bomb uh, this uh the mummy bomb we, we haven't done, we
1: actually haven't done the mummy bomb in a while, but actually no, we got a new subscriber this week
2: ah, so we have a few subscribers they get yeah. their own American yeah, email address actually,
1: I think we're up to the up to like i don't know how many, but i think we're we're definitely probably through almost 10. So 20% of the Grimerica emails are gone. Uh, once they're gone, they won't come back. So get in there, five bucks a month. Uh, gets you in the Money Bomb every month too, which is our basically our 50-50. Check that out. Grimerica.ca slash Money Bomb.
2: Yeah, you don't need to pay to get it entered either. You can send a postcard to the P.O. Box.
1: Exactly. Exactement. So We just got fuck a shit ton of books at the P.O. Box the other day.
2: So hang on, are we doing the money? are we going to be are we over the limit so we can give away some money here
1: we're I think we're at i think we're about twenty dollars short or something like okay, that okay
2: right so now. so we'll probably mm. we'll probably go for it this month anyways and okay
1: yeah, exactly yeah. okay, so it doesn't look like we'll be making much, but no, somebody will um yeah, check that out and
2: so we, we you want to mention our our schedules full? We got uh lots of guests booked.
1: Yeah, I think we're almost booked. There's a few, few people we're going to sneak in, but we're almost booked solid right through to mid-August so, now, yeah. almost September, and then we'll be going to Paradigm and hopefully running into Von Daniken and... Uh, Graham Hancock Graham and Hancock, Richard Dolan. Richard Dolan. Be crazy. It's going to be a crazy... Uh, crazy times ahead. Season two, even crazier in season one.
2: Yeah, totally.
3: Lying by me?
1: There was something else. <laughs> I wanted to tell you. Fuck. Oh yeah, Rupert Sheldrake. Have we yeah, mentioned that? Yeah, already?
3: we did mention it. Yeah, we did mention it. Wow. Very briefly.
1: He's booked now for sure.
3: Yeah, eight, it was- eight in the morning. Oof. Well, it will be worth it. You know, I, I mentioned it that uh, in the Grilling Report chat room, and everybody got excited.
2: Oh, sweet! Thanks, man. Yeah. I would have been there too if my computer was working. <laughs>
1: Get a yeah. Mac; he'd be on there.
3: Well, I don't know, because Caleb and Micah also have Macs, and they keep complaining about them breaking down, so.
2: Yeah, I don't think we can win. I don't think the commercially available shit is good enough. It's all made to be broken and made to be replaced.
1: I'm winning. My Apple shit is working fine right now. Knock on wood.
2: (laughs) Unless you get it stolen.
1: By who? (laughs) You? don't touch my shit
3: <laughs> the miv
1: so i suppose do you have anything else you want to you want to you want to throw out there red before we jump into our chat with the, the the taoist crew that was a fun chat
3: yeah let's talk about i don't know if you guys uh, saw this youtube clip uh, released by none other than deepak chopra Oh. Announcing his million dollar challenge to the <gasps> skeptics and the bunkers.
2: Oh man, no, I don't know about it. Caught me off guard with this one.
3: Well, this, you should check it out and also obviously include it in the, the show notes. But it's basically, you know, deep old, good old Deepak, you know, telling uh, uh, James Randi and all his quote unquote cronies, you know, to try to, to explain, you know, the uh, the hard uh, problem of human consciousness in a peer-reviewed scientific paper, and if they can successfully do it, you know, uh, they he will give them a million dollars.
2: See, the difference is his probably isn't rigged
3: like Randy's is. Well, I don't know, man. Uh, in
1: my opinion, EPAC shit is rigged for sure.
3: In Mm -hmm. my opinion, this is nothing but a PR stunt, the same way that James Randi's Million Dollar Challenge is also a PR stunt. I
2: don't believe it. I'm glad we're talking about this because I was going to read another guest email who brought up Randy and said he can debunk the shit out of everybody. And I'm going to email him back, but I think that uh, we should get into that a little bit here.
1: Guest or listener? Uh, Listener.
2: Okay, let's get into it.
1: I'm with Red on this one. EPAC's a shyster.
3: Oh come on! Well, that's what Chris Ryan said. Oh, you know. going to
1: not be thrilled
3: about
2: that. But oh, Chris Ryan said that too.
3: Remembered when he said that when he was here in Mexico, in the Ciudad de las Ideas conference, that he there there was this like big debate between Deepak and Richard Dawkins, and in the opinion of Chris, it was like sawing so the. The, uh, the, the, an argument between, and I'm quoting him, a shyster and an asshole. Oh, yeah, no, right, now, right. who right. was the asshole and who was the shyster? Right, right, right. Yeah, that okay. is open to interpretation. No, I think
2: it's pretty obvious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have to say it, do I? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we can
1: leave it implied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think? We should go for
2: it. No, I, I think that the James Randi million dollar peer prize review, is rigged. And nobody's ever going to be able to win it. And I think that you got to be just as careful as those guys as you do on the spiritual believing side of it. Mm-hmm. They have an agenda, you know, they're, they're never going to let anything go. So they just keep raising the bar. And they, you know, so I, I was going to email this guy back just to say, you know, yeah, like, I think you got to be careful of both sides.
3: We should get them Rick, both on. Rick Taylor wrote a while ago, man, an essay. He titled it The Myth of the Million Dollar Challenge, you know. Okay, how, this
2: is why I wanted to talk to you, but I knew you'd have some good information to link to here. Okay. Continue, sorry.
3: Oh, sorry. So the idea is that in, in that essay, Greg shows how uh, the so-called, you know, trying to, uh, in the, uh, according to them, to prove, you know, uh, psi or, you know, part, the paranormal is... Like you said, basically impossible to achieve. Uh, for, take for example, uh, and this is uh, but it's gonna be a difficult metaphor for me because like I don't I'm I'm not a sports fan. But imagine that you are trying to uh, assess uh, the talent of some basketball player. Okay. So in order so in order to say whether the guy knows how to play basketball. You ask ask him to 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 cha- you you challenge this player to a contest in which he has to uh, shoot you know three point uh, hoops you know at least like for example 50, 50 shoots. and he has to score fifty shoots straight and yeah. if he doesn't do it well you determine that the guy doesn't know how to play basketball so. I think we can all say that not even Michael Jordan would have been able to do that, you know, but that's just to illustrate how insanely high the stakes in the million dollar challenge are raised by Randy and the skeptics. Okay. How about
2: this? Then they also move the net.
3: Like that's how bad it is. Nobody's
2: ever going to win that. Like it doesn't matter what kind of evidence they won't, they just won't let it happen.
1: I'd go for the 53 free throws. <laughs> Who's offering that? If
2: the net, if the I net's mean, moving, what? If the net moves,
1: why wasn't why is the net moving?
2: It's just like the bar being raised every time with all these phenomena. That's
1: not moving. What is, is moving. it? Anything about the net? Moving? I'm saying it moves metaphorically. Yeah, <laughs> you and your metaphors. So,
2: <laughs> but there's other controversies with Randy too, right? Right. I mean, uh, well, let's I, not
3: get into no, that.
2: No. But I mean, the way they, they you know, uh, yeah, maybe we should stop here before I. Say before too we much. get
3: South, the because if there's one some of these guys. Yeah. They like to issue things about legal and such.
2: So I'll link to Greg Taylor's little article there. That's a good analogy. Okay. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's, that's good. a good note to
1: uh, jump into. I had a great time in this chat. Um, <laughs> richie mon got richie mon fired up more than a couple of times so uh, yeah it was a great one yeah
3: yeah, yeah i had cool. a, a, a swell of a time you know chatting with with richie and daniele we i think we touched a, a, lo- a lot of different uh, topics in this one
2: yeah i agree
3: yeah exactly so yeah fucking uh,
1: buckle up guys enjoy the enjoy the, the chat and uh
2: thanks for joining us again red anytime guys my pleasure
1: But, uh, tonight in America, we're going to be doing our second uh, roundtable episode with uh, Richie and uh, and Daniele from the Drunken Taoist podcast. Um, of course, we had Danielli back on—I uh, think maybe four, four or five months ago, maybe a little more. But um, and uh, of course, our resident American RPJ. well, maybe not resident, but close enough. Close enough. Okay. Welcome back,
0: back to the show, guys well thanks for having me it's a pleasure to be here
5: thank you guys
2: yeah it's great to chat with you richie after listening to you with danielle so much and danielle you're the first guy to to make a second appearance uh, besides red pill junkie so it's good to have you back
5: check me out that, man. i'm flexing my muscles as we speak <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right are you doing your uh,
5: 60 day in a row on your pre- uh, your chin up bar no, but, you know, I'm starting up again a little bit. I haven't done it in a while. I'm, last few days, I'm back in the game. Last night, it was great. I had to work like a dog for like 10 hours at school. was the last day of finals at the college where I teach. After I got done, I came home, wine, a bowl of sativa, started doing pull-ups. Life was very good.
2: That's good. That's inspirational. i got to get myself on a new exercise regime. I'm a bit lack right now.
1: That's because you cut out the grazing, man. You need the grazing.
2: <laughs> so uh, what's going on there, Richie? Oh, you know, when the red
0: light goes on, I just get shy. So I'm
2: just <laughs> <laughs> No, so yeah, I want to hear... A little I
0: Anywhere you want to go, man. I, um, I, I heard we are going to talk about float tanks. And let me tell you, man, anybody wants to loan me hundred grand, i will open one tomorrow because it's the greatest thing. You know, as long as we got to exist the way we do and this a hellhole of uh, a, a, a corporatocracy, uh, we might as well have float tanks for everyone to just get away, float away, and stop thinking about all that shit for a minute. So come on down to Rich's Float Lab uh, in <laughs> lovely Ventura. wonder what a Passage float tank, tank runs to you know it doesn't seem to be more complicated than putting him uh, like a hot tub and the, the guy where the bolelia went and tried it out his dad that's what he did for a living so they just made a tub about the size of a of a king-size bed
2: mm, that's a big one so for people that aren't Aren't sure. We're, we're talking about like a sensory deprivation flotation tank with like about uh, tons of Epsom salts, and it's dark and warm, and you can't feel your body, and you can basically just get into super relaxation mode.
1: Unless you have a cut or a scrape, then you will definitely feel your body. <clears throat> Unless you turn into a monkey, right?
0: Exactly, altered (laughs) state style. That's what I was hoping for. When he goes up the hallway in the end, he's banging against the wall, and he turns into the blob man, and it bangs against the other wall and turns into the monkey man, and what's-her-name sitting there naked not knowing what to do. That was a good movie. I remember that. That was the 80s. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't quite
3: that good.
2: So we've got one here in Calgary. It's about five blocks from me. It's the only one in Alberta. So I've, I've been a couple times. Um, I, I really, really enjoy it. And there's actually quite a bit of uh, stuff I've been reading on the healing, healing properties of floating, but it's one of those things kind of hard to wrap your head around, you know, just how floating and Epsom salt water uh, will help so much
0: well if you twist your ankle bad he just dips in some extra salts anyway so just imagine putting your whole body into it because suddenly you know holy smokes you're right about the salt staying though that was a bit of a zippy moment hi but you know it was so nice and the time went by so quick and i've been known you know fall asleep sitting on the bus you know so i thought i would be gone in a second but it was so cool. You know, he spent a good 30 minutes trying to, how do I like to set my legs so my balls drift correctly? You know, it takes a while. You got to get it all figured out. But once you find your optimal floating arrangement, holy shit, it's on. And um, with some of those, somebody was kind enough, I don't normally do this, but someone was kind enough to give me some of that medicinal um, stuff that they have out here in California now. And that just made it that much better. So float, take thumbs up everybody. And don't forget, call Richie's float tank. Come on down. We'll be happy to let you float away.
1: I think it took me about 55 minutes out of the hour, or at least 50 minutes to find my optimal floating position. First, I had a cut on my leg. She gave me this like Vaseline or whatever you're supposed to put over the cut. Yeah. And I was like, Ah, fuck! I don't have any cuts. And then I jumped in, and of course, I had a cut on the back (laughs) of my knee, and it fucking hurt like hell. So I'm like, Okay, I just dealt with it for like five minutes, thinking it would go away, and it, okay, this isn't going away. So I hop out of the tank and uh, I wipe it, dry it all off, put the the Vaseline on it, and I hop back in, and just when I get back in. As I got out the, my hair, it had ran down my forehead, I guess. And just as I, like, lied back, the fucking salt went in my eye. That's a nice moment, too. So then I spent about 10 minutes dealing with that. And then I spent a few more minutes bouncing myself off the walls. And then I kind of got into it, and then it was Thanks.
5: over.
0: <laughs> that's not a experience, man. That does sound pretty good. The our cats had figured out to put a, um, a little spritzer bottle of water right there at the hatch. So if you did get it in your eyes... You uh, can immediately take care of it. So obviously, these guys were, knew what they were doing, man. They set it up. Um, it was fantastic.
2: Did those tanks have speakers at all in them at all? Only for the finish. It was oh. the
0: weirdest thing. Like they would only start piping it, and it was like this ethereal, like deep in the background, like you're in uh, Lawrence of Arabia sort of shit. Oh, you yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah,
5: on, on the mountaintop, deep <laughs> that far away. Me, that was oh. me singing into the in the other one.
0: <laughs> oh, that's why it sounded
5: that way. <laughs> yep. Yeah
0: i'm sorry he's got a lot of these great you know hits hits
5: of the caliphate it's
2: awesome so you you had a good experience daniele
5: yeah it was great i was i started laughing the moment i got in and i stopped <laughs> laughing when i got out it was fun man <laughs> that's good so
2: richie what about uh i want to hear some of your angry american uh stuff then well
0: I, you know it's it's all pretty simple i, I the, the whole minimum wage thing seems to be the most obvious thing in the world. And this endless, you know, kind of foot dragging. Hey, nobody's got no jobs. What can we do? Nothing. You suffer. Everyone should suffer and, and be glad that you have plumbing on occasion when it works. So suffer and shut up. You know, and nothing gets done. Uh, when, when you have people out of work and you have a country that needs new roads and bridges and railroads and everything else, sewers, um, why don't we just spend a trillion dollars on that for a change? <coughs> I think Everybody's kind of feeling it up on this end. And the fact that someone can work a 40-hour week and not make enough money to, you know, properly afford to have some rent and groceries, there's a problem there, especially when the people being protected are taking home billion-dollar chunks. It cannot continue to go this way. But obviously, I mean, Bellelli's the history teacher. He'll tell us that that's just the way it's always been and that really the president and those guys are only sort of middle management for what's going down. So it's time to fuck the banks up.
3: That reminds me that I have a a question for you guys for the roundtable, you know, especially because now we have uh, Richie here. So I think that it's fair to say that uh, we all five have been involved in some manner or or other in the so-called religion against atheism discussion, you know, which is very trendy nowadays, you know, you know uh, the modern society is trying to force us to, to pick aside, damn it, you know, either you are uh, against religion or you are uh, for religion. And I think it's also fair to say that we can see that this seemingly binary uh, question is kind of a bullshit because we can easily see a third alternative, and the third alternative is pretty much Daniel's, the Daniel's book Giz, which is, you know, to create your own religion, to have your own personal, private, spiritual practice, you know, that you keep it to yourself, you're not trying to convert your neighbor, you know, and you also don't mind if your neighbor thinks that your re- beliefs are uh, ridiculous. So are we, do you agree with me so far?
0: hundred yeah. percent. You believe what the hell you want to, as long as it doesn't mean somebody's going to come jihad in my way someday. Other than that, you know, if you like to run around naked with a rattlesnake up your ass, go right ahead. But don't let the rattlesnake get into my yard.
3: <laughs> <laughs> OK, so this is the question. Is it is, if it's so easy to see a third alternative in the religion versus atheism, atheism debate? why is it not that simple to find a third alternative in the capitalism versus socialism debate? So in other words, and paraphrasing John Lennon here, why is it easier to imagine a world without churches than it is to imagine a world without banks? That's an excellent
0: one. do you want to play with that for a second?
5: Yeah, I'll jump in one second. Um... I guess it's not even a matter of imagining. I think is, uh, you're dealing with a certain power structure that in order to change it, you would have to go against powers that are not going to let you change it. And yeah. I think just a structural element there that you know you can have philosophically all the ideas that you want. doesn't really matter if um, there's somebody bigger and stronger than you that is not going to go that path.
0: And when he's talking, I mean, fully 40%, I don't know if we said it on or off, but full forty percent of my fellow Americans believe that the, you know, sun revolves around the earth and that the Lord put this planet together sixty eight hundred years ago. And they're not moving anywhere with something as simple as that. So if you can't get even those, they're like, my way or the highway, bastard, burning hell. You know? If you if you can't get around that, good luck trying to convince somebody that, hey, um, you know, sharing a little bit more and, and helping your neighbor out and doing well by your fellow citizens might not be a bad way to go instead of just piling it all into your sandbox and telling everybody else to fuck off. That's going to be even more difficult to convince folks.
1: Do you think that's something uh, we can grow out of in a couple of uh, generations? Like just with the access to information that we have nowadays, do you think um, that 40, 40% number is going to go down or do you think through propaganda and other means it's going to just continue to go
0: up? Well, I think I learned from Bellelli's book that, you know, in the, in the early 1900s, there was sort of a spiritualism coming around where people were more likely to believe in spooks and ghosts than they were, you know, the Lord in the book. And then along comes World War I, and everybody's right back to where they were, you know. Oh, please mm-hmm. help me Jesus. So who knows, <laughs> man? This, these are people that you cannot convince any differently, you know? They're not going to listen to science. They're definitely not going to listen to us. So I don't know how you convert those folks. And I guess converts the word. And that's something I don't really believe I should do to anybody anyway. You know, as usual, if you want to be crazy like that, enjoy. But um, they really do have an effect. What's funny right now is, and I just saw this like today, that um, there is a kind of a lost minister that's come back around that's from Detroit. And after watching Detroit fall to pieces, he kind of had a thought, you know, did we just let this city go to rags because it was full of black people once all the white people ran away? And he felt like it might be true. And he's currently convincing Southern Baptists in the South that immigration reform is the most important thing that could happen right now because that's what Jesus would expect. So if you could you imagine— you know, if the churches were all still in full bloom like they are, but they all did like nice Christy things, like helping their neighbor and feeding the world, instead of building mega churches, are there any mega churches down in Mexico City? Uh,
3: no, not really. You know, that's not uh, not really something that people are in. You know, I think the biggest biggest churches right now here is the 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 cathedral. You know, in the, in the Socalo Plaza and, you know, the, the Virgin of Guadalupe Basilica. And that's about it.
0: So no crazy 18,000 sort of many arenas for Jesus.
3: No. Where will we, where will we put something like that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a good question. I would suggest blimps. You can get like 30 or 40 <laughs> blimps. And then you can build your, you know, you don't got paying taxes on this thing, so you might as well spend some money on it. And you can make a floating crystal cathedral that people could come and help supply. I don't know, just a thought. Hey, maybe that instead of getting land up north here, maybe that's where to start the uh, the convent,
1: the Grimerica convent, con- commune, convune, the gramerica blimp. The, 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 we a con- floating nation. The so- convent.
2: So, Richie, what about the polarized view of that? Because we talk about this on Grimeric a lot, how the Internet and the information age has created this polarization, right? So people with their worldview belief system already will take evidence, uh, only evidence that reinforces that belief. So you've got the scientific community, too, also not looking at evidence of the duality of consciousness or the fact that there is more than just, uh, you know, our little meat bodies here.
0: Well, until you until you want to sit down and accept the fact that our true understanding of this shit is pretty much between nil and one percent, you know, we don't have a clue. I mean, in 1925, they had no idea what a galaxy was, you know. And we sit all high and mighty like we've had all this. so we were we were learning how to throw fire on people with flamethrowers and build tanks and better way to kill people before we had even any awareness that oh, not only are we not in a, a single you know solar system. We are a tiny little speck in all these galaxies. So I, I think anyone who thinks they have it all figured out on end either the spectrum, either you're a crazy religious fundamentalist person or the whole other end, and the whole scientific people. Science fundamentalism is just as crazy and unforgiving as as a, a religious one.
5: So you know, that's kind of what I think about that.
2: Hmm. What about what do you, think, Daniela? Think?
5: Yeah, that has been actually one of the things that I've been noticing a lot the last few days. I've been thinking about quite a bit the whole uh, uh, how much when I'm around uh, hardcore religious people, I just think atheists are wonderful. Then when I'm around the atheists, I start meeting <laughs> religious people. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. And again, it's not even atheists or religious people because obviously there are some extremely pleasant human beings in both camps. What I refer to is the extremely annoying uh, we have all the answers approach, which yeah. is not limited to religious fundamentalists. You know, people, as Richard was saying, people coming from a scientific background, they will do it just the same. Even theoretically, science is all about evidence and there shouldn't be about any kind of dogma, should be the opposite. Well, that's in theory, but science is only as good as the people practicing it. And a lot of the times, the people practicing guitar is just dogmatic, as some hardcore religious funding. Yeah, that's
1: it's what I like to say. There's no, bad, no, there's no such thing as bad science, just bad scientists. <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> what a pickle we're in! What are we gonna do?
2: It seems to me like money and the profit motive comes back to all this too, and the the false economy we live under. Like, like there's three three things that make me feel kind of over if i focus too much on them overwhelmed and kind of disappointed and negative about our future and it's like the military industrial complex yep. the drug the war on drugs and big pharma and the financial you know the the central banks and, the, and our global financial system like when i think too much on those things i kind of get a fucking headache
3: well i have something to cheer you up man <laughs> i have something that will i have been saving up for this discussion I want to uh, read it to you guys. This is probably some of the best things that I've read all, all year. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to read it all of it. It's just uh, the final part. So here it goes. Technology leadership is not defined by, defined by patents, which history has repeatedly shown to be small protection, indeed against a determined competitor, but rather by the ability of a company to attract and motivate the world's most talented engineers. We believe that applying the open source philosophy to our patents will strengthen rather than diminish Tesla's position in this regard. So this was written by Elon Musk, CEO and founder of Tesla uh, Motors Industry, in a blog to announce the world that they are going to free to release all their patents, you know, to the freely to the public. So I love that. anyone anyone who can who wants to build uh, a better electric uh, vehicle than they are, they can freely use their patents.
0: And I think I read, I must have read the same article because didn't he even say in there that he didn't do it sooner because he was afraid General Motors or somebody would come and steal all the shit? So he yeah. wanted like some notion of them to be put together and legal. Until he passed it out. I tell you, we must live in in Tesla uh, center of the world. And those Model S's are the coolest things I've ever seen. And if I wasn't, if I hadn't been reduced from a middle class person down to a surf over the past 20 years, (laughs) I would fucking go get one. But unfortunately, like the rest of my, you know, nearly homeless clan out here, nobody had a raise in 20 years. So, you know, what was tolerable and okay in the late 80s, dude, is nearly impossible now. But, yeah, more power to him, man. That cat seems to be on it. Now, is he also involved with SpaceX? Because that's another awesome thing that's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah he owns it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those cats, they're sitting there cranking out rockets. I mean, for those of us who were raised in the 70s, that shit was supposed to be under control by now. Man. <laughs> if you want to go check out Saturn, that shit was going to be done. But, no, we live in a world where Harrison Ford got his head clunked in by the Millennium Falcon on a movie set today, which I think is a message <laughs> that everybody should think long and hard about. You know, like, like when they were getting ready to set the first bomb off, they weren't really sure, you know, maybe we should be messing with this. When Han Solo gets beat in by the Millennium Falcon, J.J. Abrams needs to listen to what's being said to him. <laughs> so you can see how all that fits together.
5: By the way, Rich, we have an invite to SpaceX, if we're on- <laughs> We actually, we really do. I just got an email today. Really? No. Oh, uh, but
0: it, well, it's, well, the funniest thing about SpaceX is, I haven't been actually actual SpaceX, but there's a company called, oh, Digital Origami or something very similar that. If I got it backwards, I'm sorry. But they actually, their little chunk of space is in that facility right next to the wind tunnel. And um, it's fun to go down there and pretend that, Wow. What if this country had spent money on space instead of uh, making cool bombs and stuff for the past 44 years? Lots and and lots and lots of cool bombs. Oh, my God, man. It's so unbelievable. I mean, I was looking. I did a documentary about uh, Richard Clark. He was the um, National Security Advisor under Clinton and into Bush. And he was in the office the day that 9 11 went down. And the shit that this guy knows just make your, your toes curl, you know? The, the, the day 9 11 happened, they had maps of Iraq already out on the table, you know, for their response. It's just madness. Was, I,
2: he, the, was he the one that talked about the seven countries they wanted to uh, take over? Richard Clark's uh, seven, or is that?
0: That's you know? a general who did that. I oh, know right. Trump, Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's literally, they've gone down the list already. And like, Syria is the next on the list, sort of craziness. Yeah. I have heard that guy. No, this is the guy that went. Hey, Condoleezza, nine eleven, nine eleven. I'm like nine six, and she's like, eh, and uh, off it went. But and the only reason I mention that is because the craziness of you know to go into a country with houses built out of mud bricks. We've developed. I don't know if they're bullets or grenades or what they are, but they literally fire them into a building and it'll suck all the air out of it, so everybody in it's rendered unconscious. Or maybe it burns all the air out of it, or something crazy like that. You know, that's not progress. A fucking space scooter would have been progress, man. I wanted to shuttle Tidarium in my backyard, and if I wanted to go chill at Saturn for the weekend, we'd fucking kick it and go. And there's no reason we couldn't have done it, except we're too busy killing people. I did another movie about Afghanistan that we definitely won't talk about, because it was so disappointing. But along the way in the research, you find out, you know, the bread they spend on this stuff, by the time a bullet gets into country and a soldier pulls a trigger one time on his AR-15, that's like $4.86 a shot, pop, 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 all day long. And when you start talking about these smart bombs, they're dropping into crevices and mountains where guys are dug 600 feet in, you know, $150,000 a shot all day, every day, it makes you wonder how they didn't get to $5 trillion, you know? Mm -hmm. What would this world be like if we'd spent $5 trillion on cool space shit so the boys could go cruising to Saturn for the weekend, you know? We're not talking anything too crazy. But we didn't. We did it so some dudes with helicopter factories could do well, just like President Eisenhower warned everybody back in the day. Oh, but, I'm getting fired up, man. Please talk about something peaceful.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, speaking of that Eisenhower speech... I wonder what he thinks now, that his speech is probably more popular in 2014 than it was the previous uh, 50, 60 years. Like, I've heard that speech more in the last year than I had in my whole life.
0: It's terrifying, isn't it? I guess I'm probably the other one you've probably heard a few times now is the uh, Charlie Chaplin speech at the end of the Great Dictator. Have you ever heard that one?
2: Not recently, actually. He going
0: definitely spit it up one day. He's like, we are, you know, we are humans and we like when each other does well. And, you know, the earth is good and can take care of all of us if we don't fight over it. Um, it's amazing. And that's a bad paraphrasing of it. The speech is amazing. He's dressed up as Hitler while he's saying it. I don't oh.
1: think I've seen that one.
0: Yeah. Oh, really gonna... The great dictator, Mr. Charlie Chaplin. He was uh, ahead of his time, too.
3: What other? Did you guys see that news that uh, apparently the, the human face, you know, the, uh, the human skull was evolved, you know, in order to receive, you know, to, to receive more punches? Really? Yeah. yeah
5: w-
0: that explains my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like so punches like- in the face? So, yeah, uh, yeah, the, our jaw became stronger, you know, in, because that's, you know, in order for the male to, to withstand uh, more punches.
0: Well, I see some of these movies sometimes, and why is it the hero can take like 87 punches to the face with a guy with his hand wrapped in fucking you know, chains and, and glass and just, but he always got the strength to get up for one last punch because the guy's so tired from beating on him that he's got a quick opportunity to get a smack in there. That's, it's funny how they train us. Like, I heard that, and I, I don't know if this is true, but it all goes back. There's a book about Charlie Chaplin being forced to sell, go on a war bonds tour that he didn't want to you know, support any of that, but kind of, you know, if you want your job, sir, you'll get out there and help. So he mm-hmm. did. But somewhere inside of that was the movies that we made pre-code and pre-World War I were not nearly as violent as the government would hope they would be. And that the reason our movies are so fucked up and violent is now is to desensitize us. So that, (laughs) you know, when those soldiers in 1917 were running up in some, you know, hellish pit getting mowed apart, they weren't quite ready for it. But by the time World War II rolled around and there'd been Westerns and people shooting at each other for a good 20 years, ah, shooting's fun. That's what it's all about. Get up and shoot some people. What, you haven't shot anybody today? What kind of pussy are you? You know, that's what led to this angrier sort of um, collection of knuckleheads we got going
3: now. Well, this is an interesting paradox because I remember clearly the, the, the last Drunken Taoist podcast and uh, that you guys were uh, talking with this, the guy who made uh, the uh, documentary about John Milius. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys were praising uh, Milius and we're praising Scorsese and we're praising Tarantino. So, so what? So are we going to say, yeah, we like these movies, but on the same time, we recognize that because of these movies, we're becoming more desensitized uh, of violence?
0: Well, it's funny. I, I didn't get my mind switched to I saw Tom Cruise the other day and was completely convinced that I was being freshly you know, recruited to that sort of stuff. You know, was, make, look, make war look cool and fun. And that's sort of what they did with it man i mean it is cool and it is funny even and that's crazy about a guy that's has to, you know reset every time he gets killed a thousand million times um but you know you also have a line to draw mm-hmm. i would never want to tell somebody what they couldn't put in their movie but i would definitely want the opportunity and now i'm gonna sell like tipper gore i guess you know there are things that maybe you want to be 16 before you see that you know i don't exactly. think a, i don't think an eight-year-old needs to see fight club but that doesn't mean i don't think fight club should exist i'm exactly. glad it exists and i wouldn't do it i wouldn't change a frame of any of it you know and as i think with always you get to the fringy areas i, I think the bell curve rules everything man and those three percents on the corners where the sewers run and where the freaks go there's always going to be somebody that wants what was that one the the, the centipede effect or the Human centipede one and two. It's just like, really? You made a movie about what? And Mm -hmm. uh, are you familiar with that one at all? Yeah. Yeah, where the mad scientist sews people together? Uh, Come on. But but still, okay. Yeah, we'll put up with that. I mean, did they
1: turn evil after they were sewed together?
0: Oh, no. They were literally sewn like ass to mouth in a line. So they had shared digestive tract. Whoa. To make a giant centipede looking thing. I'm so, oh, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How old is this? I have, I gotta see this. That's
0: a, well, they already, uh, the sequel's already come and gone, believe You
2: see, you see you're a sucker for it, Darren. You just suck right in. You want to see it. You got to see the centipede.
1: I got to yeah. see the centipede. Ask them both.
0: The human centipede, one and two.
1: It, it, yeah, yeah. It, even the... longer. They just <laughs> sewed another half on it.
0: Well, the, uh, you know, the scientists, uh, apparently. Got a, a fan that saw what he had in mind that the, the scientists didn't fully realize. The three was interesting, but what he probably really wanted was more like 40 in a line.
1: I wonder but, what the plan was. Like the end end game is just ultra refined fecal matter?
0: Or maybe it was, uh, maybe he was like a real intense recycler. And then and, you know, the last one, nothing but a little pop of air comes out the ass because that's it. We actually, <laughs> we've used everything.
3: <laughs> the most it's efficient. Hard. Peccal transplant system.
0: It's the way Skynet will arrange is for sure, now that I've mentioned it, because they listen to all this shit. I, <laughs> I, mean,
1: ho- I hope, hope shit. I'm at the front.
0: We had a good when we had our own sacks to float in and be run by the Matrix. Now we're going to be a big 2B line of ass suckers. Boom. I
1: hope I'm at the front of the line.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> doubt.
2: <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see with virtual reality taking off here in the next, like, f- actually now till the next five years, With, uh, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of first person shooter games and people are going to be like absorbed into this super hyper realistic reality. Um, You know, talk about desensitization. That'll be like you're fucking right in the war.
0: Well, you are not even any time for the war. I've said since the late '80s when they first mentioned virtual reality. The day they can make a, a picture feel, smell, perfect Claudia Schiffer that you can zip into, they'll never see anybody again.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That'd be just a bunch of skeletons with their VR helmets on, that you know, and, and, and really calloused hands, because <laughs> that would be it, man. You know, you're talking like there's drugs so good that people just sit and shoot it until they can't, until they just die. It's so good. If you're gonna tap into somebody's brain and tickle their endorphins. Goodbye. I can't get a kid off a cell phone right now. What's it going to be like? It's going to be a cell phone that can suck his dick nicely. Huh?
1: i seen a video actually where they, they somewhere in Japan, they've come up with one that's got like a crotch attachment. Yeah, if I'm from Master like, 700.
0: Oh, I, <laughs> I'm not going to say why I know that, but I just, I, I saw that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I It's crazy like i said you know i grew up in the 70s man i am analog and i thought digital was cool when it's got here i'm ready for it to go yeah computer i'm looking at you flipping you off Like you say you fucking machine i mean there's something not great about it i mean the capacities are awesome i love the fact that i can edit a movie in my living room that's pretty amazing but what are we giving away the fact that you can't bring up a movie anymore without somebody going, oh, who starred in that? And some asshole's got to whip out his cell phone and drop some information on it. Use your fucking noodle, man. Because if you don't, it's just going to remember that Pepsi good, Republicans good, um, Jesus loves you. And that'll be all you'll have room for. Because you gave it all away.
1: Except for us podcasters, we will be like the Luke Wilsons.
0: We'll be gone, man. If you don't think just by doing what you're doing tonight doesn't have a drone pointed at you, you're crazy. Really? <laughs> who you think is going out the first night? You're a subversive dude.
1: America's going down?
0: Hell yeah, man. You're talk. You, you you're friends with Graham Hancock. That pothead's got you all in trouble.
1: Motherfucker.
0: I know. Like Kevin Boo I
1: knew he was trouble.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Try to spell it on him. You know what I think is funny? This is cool. The round table is awesome, but this is more fun to do in the same room where you can look at each other and smell each other's farts.
3: Yeah, I know.
0: And drink so, beers. I think we should organize that at some point. Not in Las Vegas because they have the harshest pot laws in the world. Now, Canada's pretty cool with the weed, aren't they? They're at least accepting that it exists and aren't dragging people out to jail by their hair.
1: Yeah, it's pretty well decriminalized.
0: Yeah, California might as well be Amsterdam at this point. It's amazing. You can have this shit delivered like a pizza.
1: Yeah, I was looking. Uh, I, actually, I think I was looking through uh, Danielli's tweets today, and I noticed the, what
5: is it, F- Superfly
1: delivery or something like that? Yeah, I love them. They,
5: oh my <laughs> God, the, the stuff. That, oh God, I, I don't even find the words to describe the joy that they bring. Yeah, man, they uh, hook me up with this thing, uh, a strain of weed called lamb bread, which is the most horrible name ever. Because it's like most of the people who come up with weed names, they are terrible. It's like, I don't want a fucking bread made of lamb. I don't want the bread that goes to the lamb. How, How about, about some green crack? With a lamb, you know, it's just. But some of these names are just on the other end quality. This is supposedly this Jamaican strain that was one of Bob Marley's favorite. Oh, my God. Just. Happiness in a pipe.
0: (laughs) And the the most they can really do to you now, like, with any, I want to say it's, you can easily go around with a quarter in your pocket, smoke a joint in front of a cop, and the most you're going to get is a ticket, and he might take your joint, you know? But the amazing thing is, you step one foot into Nevada, and if there's a joint in the car, all four of everybody's going to jail. I mean, so it's crazy that, you know, cross an imaginary line and all the rules change.
2: And yet in Vegas, you can do just about anything you want. I mean, other Isn't that than that.
0: that crazy? The only <laughs> thing I can imagine is that marijuana makes people not want to fuck strippers. And so then. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yeah, that's that's pretty much exactly what it is. Pretty well all across Canada. If you think you're anything under an ounce, you'll just get a ticket.
0: Yeah. And the cop might smoke it with you.
1: Uh, I don't know if we're quite there yet. Maybe mm-hmm. soon, though.
0: Are cops pretty mellow in Canada?
1: Some, like, uh, the RCMP are pretty mellow. Some of the city cops are...
2: Ontario's got some American-style oh, yeah, cops O-O-P-P. up there. Holy! Did they, go, did they all go all 9-11 in the
0: past 10 years, too? Because I don't know if you guys remember, but, you know, pre-9-11, cops looked like cops, and paramilitary, uh, you know, riot <laughs> busters looked like paramilitary riot busters. And now they don't look too awfully different.
1: Yeah, no, here cops are still cops. They got their pistol and they, their nice fucking taser. And their they're they're,
3: maybe they're those big? days are over, man. You'll see what happened with that guy, the uh, the cop killer in Canada. Yeah, yeah in Moncton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that could change uh, things real quick. That could change things.
0: Well, I hope we follow. Whatever you guys do, we need to follow it because it is insanity. I thought when they blew that... It's funny, I have a, I have a little business where we do... Um coverage for movie premieres for a couple of the studios and you know so for the premiere of batman we had a crew in new york and a crew in chicago and a crew out here because you know people were dressing up and it was a big party and uh you know we got the call from the studio just take all that footage and burn it we never even want to see that it existed because a guy went and shot that movie theater apart you know and we were sitting there stunned you know trying to take it all in and the numbers were ridiculous. I think he killed like 37 people or even if it's eight, whatever it was, it was madness. But that was one where I finally went, well, that'll obviously be the end of that. And it's like nobody even noticed. Hmm. Dude, what, what are the gun laws like up in Canada? Uh, it, it's, it sounds like the drug cartels have all the guns and the cops need some.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, here, here I think, I don't know about I'm pretty sure you can't get and uh like i don't think you can go and get like ak's or ar15s or anything like that maybe if you go through the proper channels but like nobody i know has assault rifles or anything like that usually it's long guns like 22s 30-06s hunting guns there's a, a ton of hunters like there's probably a lot of guns per capita in canada yeah but most of them are probably hunting rifles
2: and and there was a big uh, failed registration law that came into effect they the gun registration apparently it lost millions of dollars and nobody follows it anyways so i don't think they really know what to do up here either but it's funny because i like i don't really know anybody that well i I guess i would know people that have guns but people just don't really talk about it like they might go to the bush and shoot some guns or whatever or go hunting but compared to you guys down there yeah i i just I, don't I think really.
0: everybody would kind of agree to that, man. To go to the range and and pop off a few rounds is always kind of a cool and fun thing, but it's I don't know. It seems like pissed off twenty two year old white kids are the biggest problem right now. You know that seems to be the vein of the of the real sort of mental patient, and it is a tough thing. But the long guns aren't the problem, man. And I don't know if people realize that. And when you look at the rules we're going by. You'd be lucky to get two shots off in a minute if you were a fast motherfucker back then when they were saying everybody had a right. And I think if you want a musket, you can fucking have one, man. But beyond that, we got to get something figured out because it's getting crazy.
2: But you don't know what to believe either. Like w- watching the, the news and the media, like it's all so fucking scripted and there's always an agenda behind it. So I get to the point where I, I, I really don't know what to believe and what's going on.
0: But I don't know how it would benefit the NRA to have people getting shot up like this. So I think I'm gonna get nutty and eat the red billet and believe that these crazy <laughs> killings are going on, you know? To watch that guy, you know, yeah, yeah, it is, it is Hollywood. They could have hired that cat to come out and my son's dead and I'm gonna kill a politician, you know. No, I'm That's not possible. saying
2: that I'm not saying that they they don't happen necessarily. I mean, I think some of them could be uh sort of false flagish kind of events but I'm, I mean that that just because the media decides to focus on them so much like this shit's been going on for MK hundreds of Ultra. years and yeah. and you know you, you might not have heard it like you hear conflicting stories like we're in the least violent time of our gener- of our society of our
3: but, of the planet wait, and then you
2: and then you hear that we're you know all these shootings are going on and it's more violent so I don't know what to believe
3: but wait, Graham. Because I remember back in I think it was 1996 when the Columbine shooting massacre happened. Yeah. That it was incredibly shocking. You know, here it was all over the news. You know, I think it 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 it, it was covered all over the world. You know, because it had it hadn't happened before. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, when the next. Uh, mass shooting happens in the United States is barely covered uh, here in the Mexican media because it's like, Oh, well, here's another shooting. You know, it's almost happening on a weekly basis.
0: It is. It's almost happening on a daily basis. The numbers are amazing. It just is. If you're not, you know, if you're not going almost double digits, we ain't even covering you anymore. Oh man, I spent, I guys, I spent four years working in the news business. It was my first job out of college. And it eventually reached the point where I hated what I was doing so much that I would spend Sunday miserable knowing that tomorrow was Monday and I had to go in and shovel shit for CBS again. So, you know, we would have meetings where, all right, 6 o'clock is over, clear the plate, wipe the blood off, who's dead next? And um, it was crazy. They would, The producers would hope somebody would die, so they have an interesting story. Oh, great, Kurt Cobain died. At least we got a good C-block, you know? It was madness. And they changed one bit.
1: Yeah, here it's not, up north it's not that, not so bad. Like, um, there's still not a whole lot of good news, but I mean, we don't, I mean, we see maybe 60 or 70 murders a year in a bad year, so there's not a whole lot of shit to cover on that, on that end of the spectrum. But, um, I mean, I wonder if that'll help. I mean, a lot of people are starting to drop cable, like, I don't know about down around there, but a lot of people are going strictly, strictly streaming.
0: Isn't it fun to see that happen? The the um, Bulele, are you playing Pong? No way! I just hear a click from you. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I uh, Pong.
0: I'm sorry, I got distracted. I was being hip- hypnotized. <laughs> um, the cable, It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch the networks collapse, and it won't be long now. I mean, even how FX and HBO are sort of got their own entertainment stuff going now, and it's a little bit more subversive and way more entertaining. You know i i can imagine that I, it was amazing like when the soap opera started to go off the air it's like six or seven years ago um it's <laughs> gonna be sort of the same thing like nbc closed today you know and that's just gonna be that because they can't afford to do it anymore because you know I, they're only supposed to be there to be giving us the news anyway at least that's kind of how i learned that it was for the public good not for you know john warner brothers to you know, load his pockets up with a bunch of money. It's crazy. And if you did have that sort of corporation that was taking a piece of this, you know, the the electronic spectrum to use for profit. Well, shouldn't everybody get a taste of that? I feel the same way about the gas companies too. You know, if uh, everybody needs oil, it's not fair for some dude, you know, well, uh, I get all the money for it though. How can that possibly be? Hmm.
1: Yeah, that'd be like me holing up beside a lake and saying, oh, I know you motherfuckers are thirsty, but...
0: Yeah, and don't be thinking about these fish either, motherfucker.
3: So it's better to have a, a, a national nationalized system or a private privates. As far as resources example, like, like critical yeah. resources, yeah. And this reason I'm I'm raising the subject is because here in Mexico and I'm, I don't know if you guys have been listening to the news. We've been we're having a, a major change in, in, with regards to our uh, energy policies. You know, for like. Seventy years or something like that. We, uh, the our oil industry has been uh, have been run by the state, right? You know, to, to the fact that oil is something of a, almost of a national pride. You know, it's the ultimate political taboo. You know, to say no, no foreign, no foreign intervention with our oil. But now, with our new administration, you know, things have changed they uh, signed a new energy reform, and they are welcoming uh, private investment. Oh. And, uh, by private, we, all, we, uh, we mean foreign investment, you know? And that's the question to say. That many people, uh, especially, you know, left-wing politicians, say, oh, we are selling the country out. You know, we are going to let the Gringos, or <laughs> whomever, yeah,
0: hell yeah, she'll be there in the morning,
3: exactly. So, that's why I'm asking do you think it's best for those, uh, particularly sensitive or you know, strategic industries to be run by the state, or should we left them by, uh, at the hands of the market?
0: Well, the nightmare scenario is already in play here, and that the state. Is already run, you know, the politicians are are the masters to their overlords, which is the private. So, you know, to me, it's funny when you say in state, I was like, wow, wouldn't that be awesome? Like, they'd probably do a really good job, take care of everybody and make sure everybody's got a nice, safe job and give them a good wage for working there, and all the profit that they got, they put that into the schools and the infrastructure of the country. Man, we had our shit spinning like a top. Surely nobody would be getting their grubby hands on this state money like we have here, where Exxon can make $44 billion and not pay a nickel in fucking taxes. That's right, fucking Exxon ninja man. Come get me. It's <laughs> fucking bullshit, and we're tired of it, and we're going to take you all down, you bitches. It's completely insane that, you know, how much money do you fucking need? So, you know, I see that's definitely a double-edged sword. It would be awesome, but I'm guessing that the state didn't take care of everybody very well, did they? And it probably split up into districts and bullshit and fighting over little shit that made it bad for everybody to the well, point where pro- someone... Yeah, go it, ahead, please.
3: Yeah, where problem with the oil industry is that they, well, it was run uh, by a very corrupt uh, uh, labor union, you know? We always saw uh, images of the union leader, you know, this guy called, uh, how's his name? Uh,
0: Disco, what? Disco Sally.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and the guy, you know, was living, he's living like a, like an Arabian sheik. Like he has his own private jet, you know, he always wears, you know, gold Rolexes, you know. His uh, daughter takes his bulldog dog to Paris every weekend, you know. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and that was a state position was he
0: getting a, I guess he's getting kickbacks did he have like a state salary I'm I'm viceroy of oil but on the weekend I take kickbacks from the districts
3: <laughs> Yeah tex- technically he only had like a $2000 a month salary but, but you See, know but
0: that's the kind of that's the first head on the spike man for sure because he ruined it for everybody else now Exxon is going to come in and fuck everybody over and happily on your invitation. That's almost like, you ever hear like, a vampire can't come in unless you let him in? Y'all just let the fucking BP and Exxon into your house. Maybe they'll <laughs> yep. stay in the cartels' out. <laughs> not
1: no. with the Not with the guns you guys keep giving, selling them.
0: Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Well, luckily, you know, now they'll have the uh room-emptying, oxygen depleting super rounds, so... They just blow everybody's ears and eyes out when they go in and then you're no trouble when you're
5: getting frisked.
2: <laughs> daniele what do you think about all that
5: no i mean Rich is right the fact is there is no real difference because whether you want to say it's uh, state run or it's private it's only a matter of uh, where if it's state run somebody has to sign in order for private to control but really it's just one signature away from being the exact same thing yeah. so I mean it really is in theory they are separate things in theory, there are two different systems in reality, they are not
2: huh. so how are we gonna how is this gonna go on when it's just not sustainable at this level like do you guys see inevitable collapse or
5: well, I mean yeah unless there is a change, yes, of course, and uh, the change is very difficult because you'll have to get money out of politics, which is an extremely well, it's not difficult to do in terms of what laws you could pass. It's difficult to do in terms of political will to do so, because clearly the people who are benefiting from this system are the ones they are asking to change the system. That obviously there's a conflict of interest there. But um, so, I mean, even like the one of the latest Supreme Court's decisions in the United States where they basically say that not only it's the specific attempt to change the law and have a certain campaign finance reform to limit corruption was wrong, but the very idea of limiting corruption in politics was wrong. Yeah. This is the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like uh, that makes things a bit
2: complicated. Yeah. Yeah, weren't they saying that that's really the way democracy is supposed to run, is the richest people get to have the biggest voice? Uh, <laughs> yep,
5: exactly.
0: So, yeah, You know what that's like? You know, that's like? That's like when I had to live in this country for eight years with George Bush as the fucking president. Can you imagine how embarrassing that is? You know, it didn't grow up that way, way back in the analog era. Yeah, we had Carter, which he was actually the great hope, and they just embarrassed him to death, you know? And let a, a, a crazy old actor come in to say what they wanted to say. But he deregulated everything. And sold us out to every rich asshole that wanted some money. You know? And, and, and lied to us too, man. I remember... I'd like to say, if I was going to start my own political party right now, I would call it the barn racers. Because that's the America that I was you know, lied to about when I grew up. That we helped each other out and we pitched in when people need trouble. And, oh, look, Europe's getting fucked up. So let's go kill the Nazis, you know? That was kind of an amazing, and of course it's a storybook and a fable, but that's kind of what you believe, you know? And then you, when you wake up and you fucking find out that Darth Vader and, 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 and the evil Sith Lord are running everything, it's quite disappointing. And that, wow, we're not the rebels, we're the empire.
2: How (laughs) gross is that? Yeah. It hurts. But, Richie, what do you think about it being the control mechanism being, you know, above America, obviously, and above even what's going on in America being part of a sort of a grander scheme of the central banks and the.
1: 13 families of the Illuminati. Yeah. The trilateral
2: commission. Well, yeah, but even even above the trilateral commission, like.
0: Nothing would surprise me, man. When I learned how the the Federal Reserve worked, yeah, and that's, that's that we live in a point in time where if I want to go to school and get smarter for my country, so I can learn how to make more better bombs for them too, um, I can't just go to the the money creating entity of my country and say, "Hey, man, how about one of those zero percent loans you seem to be handing out to every fucking bank in the world." Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. You got to go not through one, but through two banks. So two assholes, at least, plus some shitty lending company that's getting another, you know, dip of their beak to get money so I can make better bonds for my country and my engineering degree. It's madness, man. Nobody would put up with that. Mm-hmm. But the way things, are, is, you know, put together so far, this is yeah, when, when the economy went to shit and they sold all the toxic assets in the form of bad loans. I have said to many a person. All we had to do that day is say, stop. We're going to reset all the loans to 4.5%. If you had your loan for two months, you still owe, you know, 29 years and 10 months. If you've had your loan for 20 years, you still owe 10. We're Mm going to reset the value of your home. We'll reset the loan. Everybody keeps their house. And then we press go again and just let it roll. Mm -hmm. Your toxic assets are no longer toxic. And the only person that gets fucked is the bank because he loses a few billion dollars of shit. He bet against the people anyway. Yeah, that's. Mm. There's nobody that can come along and say that that wouldn't work, except for somebody that's going to lose a few billion dollars. As long as we exist like that, what hope do we have? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm all upset again.
1: That's why we need the convent. The commune, commune. The,
0: no, it's a it's a blimp. <laughs> it's a con blimp because we're going to vote.
1: Yeah, I can well, picture we'll actually, it now. But
0: we'll actually, have float labs inside the blimp.
1: <laughs> wow. Floating you're floating in, floating, air, floating in water and air.
0: If we could get one on one of those uh, Richard Branson spaceships, we'd really have some shit going. Because you could be floating while you were floating while you were floating.
1: We need some <laughs> gardens, too. I don't
0: even think Beleli can handle that. He can handle a lot. He sings with it. I really thought that shit was on a recording, man. It was awesome.
5: Uh, uh, that was on me.
0: <laughs> well, that well, idea—that
3: idea, idea about Richard Branson and his uh, spaceship Two uh, seats that he's uh, giving—that uh, I wrote about that some weeks ago about how maybe uh, com- commercial space travel could maybe help change the paradigm, you know, by giving a lot of uh, more people a chance to experience what they call the overview effect i'm sure you guys know what the overview effect is
0: oh yeah i love that and you know hopefully we're right let's who should we send up first how about um (laughs) i I would definitely let me go wouldn't it be fun but maybe maybe billy graham um you know just some of these the pope for sure just because he would tell jokes on the way (laughs) i I wonder if my farts will float the right way
1: you have to, to eat uh, mushrooms before you can get your grade
3: 12, too. No, Uh-oh. maybe some people, some politicians, you know, maybe some politicians no, have that a, chance to a, see, you know. Above,
2: above them, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, they should just go. Or maybe they're already going. Maybe they've already yeah. been through all that.
3: No, Actually, it was real. Yeah, they're already off-world. They already have their, their base on Mars, man.
0: <laughs> well, I've heard those rumors before that the arcs are already built in India and every time anything goes bad, Bill Gates seems to be flying to India. It's like, uh-oh.
2: <laughs> really? He got a
0: space he he arc down there.
2: I haven't heard that one yet. Oh <sighs> yeah,
0: If shit gets bad, man, get yourself to Mumbai in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: 2012
1: style.
0: Hey, Bilali, can I talk about the Sikhs again or would that be too freakish? Talk about what
5: them? The Sikhs. Please go. to
0: India. Have, yeah, there's a there's a guy named Anthony Bourdain who does a, a travel show where we're, really he just goes and eats weird shit and goes to weird places. Yeah. But it's pretty entertaining. And he went to Punjab, India. And there's a group of cats up there called the Sikhs that mm-hmm. they break away from the Indian government. I may have some of this wrong. If I do, I apologize. But generally, they are not down with the caste system. They think it's bullshit. And they will invite anybody who's hungry, if you will wash your feet and cover your hair, you can come dine with them every day of the year. They serve between eighty-five and 125,000 meals a day, and they've done it every day for 350 years. If you have a church, you have to be like that. Let's start. Wow. Aren't, I, yeah. aren't
3: they the ones who killed Indira Gandhi?
0: I don't know. I know that they have terrorist activities against the state. I don't know if they killed her. It's certainly possible, because um, I know that they do have terrorist activities. But if you're hungry uh, and you're not in Dirigandi, <laughs> get some, you
5: get some lentils. You know? I saw a cool sword fight among Sikhs the other day in a temple. Yeah, I was just yes. looking at
2: that. Yeah, yeah, yes,
5: that happened. What
2: happened? There's a sword fight erupts at the Sikh temple in India.
0: Well, they carried swords. They all carry swords everywhere they go. That's why I'm trying to be cool with them. Don't get them riled up, Red Pill. We'll be in trouble.
5: It was (laughs) the most unskilled use of a sword I've (laughs) ever seen.
0: (laughs) Sort of like when a three-year-old shoots another three-year-old out here. Oh,
5: darn. You weren't supposed to do that.
2: Somehow you could tell it was just a ceremonial sword.
5: Yeah, it was painful to watch. It's like, come on, man. If you're going to try to chop somebody's head off chop somebody's head off. Otherwise, you're just wasting my time.
1: <laughs> we had a guy up here cut someone's head off on the bus with a fucking butter knife or something like that, or a little pocket knife a oh, few yeah, years ago.
2: It, yeah, yeah, that was kind of creepy. Greyhound
1: oh, yeah. sure got rid of their we'll be heading your way slogan pretty quick.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I think I remember that some blogs talked that that guy may have been uh, like possessed by the Wendigo spirit or something like that.
0: Well, the Wall Street certainly is, without question, man. Wendigo's my favorite new thing to learn of the year, because to see that it actually exists and is in the process of destroying the whole world, that somebody can't be happy with a billion dollars, I need two billion, and if I gotta fish every fish out of the ocean and shit in every river, I'll do it? That's crazy. But it's real. Yes. The Wendigos are real. And that's the second head on the spike. Right. So that oil guy. And you know who will be third? How about the guy at TEPCO? Because how does that lean? He's the Fukushima motherfucker that could have could have addressed things truthfully early on and maybe we'd only have one melted down reactor instead of three. You know, that's a good but they were state run as well, weren't they? Isn't TEPCO or maybe is a private company that the state I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: That's even more twisted. That's uh, just where they keep it's... Godzilla. Hell, he do? Isn't that awesome? i haven't been to see that yet but i'm looking forward to it back in the old days that was when it was fun <laughs> fucking up. when
1: he was fucking up mothra and shit i think him and mothra were actually on the same team on one of them
0: fighting the big uh tri-headed monster the hydra
1: yeah yeah i used to have them all on vhs and then there was a time we fought like the robot evil robot alien godzilla
0: wasn't there one where there's like two little pixies or nymphs or something in a shoebox they were carrying around and they somehow, well, they control Godzilla, you know, and they could, I, I don't know. That uh, that may be something not to explore after all. Now that I think about it, <laughs> that
3: was
0: a, that was a trip to Thailand. I can't talk about that.
2: <laughs> Dinosaur porn. <sighs> So, what are you guys doing in the future with your podcast, Danielle? you got any plans gonna keep going as you're going?
5: yeah, I mean the drunken Taoist I think we're doing well we're having fun doing it. we keep getting good guests you know things are rolling well we're trying to we're getting some numbers now in order to possibly get some sponsorship do stuff like that, but you know mm. it's going really good and then I'm thinking of adding on a second podcast, a more historically based podcast, sort of like. Kind of along the lines of what Dan Cardin does.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, so that's it's a hell of a lot of work. I tell you that much. Are those the Taoist uh, lectures you have? No, that is... one. Oh, is... oh, don't say
0: it! Don't say yeah. it! No. Oh,
5: no. oh. oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. <course. laughs> yeah, that has been a couple of technical problems getting those. Oh, mm. the, um, no. none of which involving me. I'm happy to report. <laughs> no those uh, are a separate thing no this would be a ho- whole different podcast an entirely different like everything about it and uh kind of like you know i've done carlin as common sense and then as uh, hardcore history as two separate things that's sort of the plan would be drunken now is fun interviews me and rich plane doing this whole thing and then the historical one would be purely a me, I put my daughter to bed. I go in the other room, record a few minutes, put it together. And, and when I have a whole full episode, then I release. But that one would be an insane amount of research because I see, you know, now I finally find out why Dunk-Caroline takes two months between one episode and the next. Yeah. Mm. The amount of research that go into it is insane. I just, you know, I put together the research for the first episode. And by the time I was done with everything, it was like 22 pages, single-spaced. That just for an episode that I know fairly well to begin with didn't take me as much research. I'm I'm crying and in fact, maybe it's a stupid idea. I don't know. I'm changing my mind all <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean mm-hmm. I'm not. It's fun. It's just gonna be a lot of work.
0: So Bellelli's taking the yin side of Dan Carlin and I'm taking the yang, except instead of uh uh, uh what the hell does he call it? Oh shit, that's fancy. Thank you, live radio, for making me look like someone who has no <laughs> idea what he's talking about. Um, I'm taking the common sense common part sense, of it yeah. and calling it
2: how to take over your government. <laughs> so nice. be sure to tune into that uh, one. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: And uh the corporate the corporate ninjas will be by very shortly, I'm sure. Great name.
2: What do you guys think about this? Uh we're trying this uh this funding idea that uh, <clears throat> another podcast down in San Diego called the Higher Side Chats. Um they're bank robbery. They're doing this thing called uh the <laughs> money about- the money bomb where you, you take donations and you gift Half of it back to uh, a listener, sort of trying to, to get a new model for, for podcasting to raise money, right?
0: As long as the dude who ran the oil company in Mexico isn't in charge of it. <laughs> but the problem is, anytime donations start rolling in, it's best to keep it close. I don't know. Is that really necessary? Let's just take a moment and think about what you're saying. Mm. How much y'all charging for your podcast? Zero. Ah, oddly enough, same price here. You don't owe anybody a fucking thing, man. You've provided it. So they don't need it to get a kickback. If, if you had a nice time with us, uh, Duncan Trussell says it better than anybody. You'll pay $2 to Skank of America to get $20 out of a foreign ATM. You can, cost, you can toss it a dollar every you know, episode or three. It's not going to break you. And we're not asking for any more than that from anybody. So that's enough dollars to spread around to all 10 12 of your favorite podcasts once or twice a month
2: yeah, yeah no I agree but the, the reality the reality is there's a couple the reality is a couple percent of, of people will donate right and uh, it's an mm-hmm. opportunity to get into a little bit more interactive right you know have uh, have somebody on that you've you know gifted some money back to you could talk to them about the show or whatever um, you know and it's a way for people a little bit of instant inst- for a little bit of incentive to to put money in where they may not have before.
0: You just want a bunch of degenerate gamblers hanging out with you. (laughs) I knew I was going to win. That's what the guy will say when he gets there. I had a feeling, man. man, I I don't want to sound greedy or anything, but come on. You're already getting shit for free, man. Why don't you just be thankful? Toss a couple of shekels and move along. We don't have to give you anything. If you're not getting anything from it, don't listen. But if you are, Come on, value for
1: value. I,
0: I think that I think my real fear would be that donations are only go up about eighteen percent, and we would end up losing a twenty-seven percent chunk of what we were getting for ourselves because the fifty percent would way cut into it because donations would only go up by a smidge. Wouldn't that be disappointing? <laughs> wow, we did another year of podcast, and we made a third of what we made the first year because we got to give this asshole fifty percent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Interesting.
0: You got to do the math every way, you know. As much fun as spreadsheets are, see, and that's the digital monster creeping in at you, where you can paint the rosiest fucking picture. Oh, we're gonna sell, uh, we're gonna sell mallets, and they're gonna be popular, and we may branch out into uh, kitchenware one day. And look at all the money we're gonna make with your spreadsheet. You also gotta look at it when you only sell three of them, and the spatulas get you sued because they flip baking grease on children. You know, <laughs> just i don't
2: know so so what do you think about what what do you guys think about podcasting in general is it is it growing is it uh is it gonna is it gonna there's a lot of podcasts out there now it's 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 becoming flooded right is it still good you still bump into a lot of your friends that don't know about podcasts that are that are checking it out what's your feeling
5: yeah and there are even entire nations where podcasting basically doesn't exist so, I mean, if you talk about North America, that's one story. But uh, once you start moving out of it and you look at a bunch of places in the world, you know, if I go back to Italy and ask about podcasting, I like, kid you know, probably like 95% of people would have no idea what I'm talking about.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think
0: we're still kind of at the early adapter phase. I mean, we see it going on, but we've been lucky. I mean, we've pretty much floated in our same position for about two years now, you know. We um, we're lucky enough to to sit around the top 10 of philosophy on iTunes pretty much consistently. And that keeps us, uh, you know, so. Yeah, that's good. The the cream's going to rise to the top, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, I I
0: love to say, you know, if I had the number one poker record in the world, my friends would be hearing about it. So, you know, it doesn't really matter which genre you are. If you got people listening and you got people complaining and sending hate mail, you must be doing the right thing.
2: (laughs) Maybe that's what it is, Darren We don't get enough hate mail yet. Really?
1: That's why we spam Graham.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Please. No, I wanna. I got this. This. Bug. We do get
1: actually. I put some episodes on YouTube, and that's where I get the most flack. YouTube. YouTube trolls are a whole new breed of troll.
0: You guys are definitely you're on you're on iTunes first and foremost. Do you do Stitcher and those things as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're on Stitcher, oh. iTunes, pretty well. Any place, every every directory I could find.
0: I'm putting everything up on SoundCloud. Just, yeah, it, I was it, just think,
2: I and was I just thinking idea about idea.
0: that. Well, I love the idea where people can pin their complaints at the moment they're pissed off the most. You know, <laughs> that's kind of a cool thing. Ah, yeah, you can you can drop comments into the timeline while it plays.
2: My friend's uh, son is like fourteen, fifteen. He's like, "Is your thing on a SoundCloud yet?" And I'm like, "No, not not yet." He's like, "You got get lots of hits if you put it on SoundCloud." So.
1: Yeah, definitely do that. Is it yeah. less work than putting it on YouTube? YouTube's a fucking pain in the ass.
0: Um, you know, it's funny. We, there's three components to this uh, snazzy outfit. We have the guy who's the genius. And that's Boleli. You have the guy that does the recording and all the editing and gets the, pr- the product ready. And then we have the internet guru that places all that shit. And he obviously knows more than we do to the point where I hope he doesn't have a heart attack or we're going to have a problem.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but... Yeah, that's that's the long and short of that. I don't to put it up there looked like a big pain in the ass, and I got enough more of my day to sit in front of the computer, so we kind of handed that off to him. Um, so, hello, Evan, if you're there, we love you. Please keep doing a great job because you are.
1: America needs an Evan. <laughs> <It's>,
2: <laughs> Evan, email Graham at uh, GrahamAmerica dot com.
0: <laughs> there some- you go. <laughs> but you said you you just adopted a producer, or just trying to get somebody to do it. Do yeah. you go? Through,
1: do you go through and, and and clean the episode up at all? Um, I do a I do a little bit of post. Um, maybe I'll edit in a bit of music. Maybe every forty half thirty to forty five minutes or so, I'll put in a minute a minute of music or so. And, do you listen uh, to the whole it. thing? Uh, n- no. Well, lately I've lately I'm trying to get into. I'll listen to maybe every fifth episode just to see if I can pick up on. Maybe something I'm doing that I don't like or something that's not working. But these days I've got so many podcasts in my in my list that I barely have time to get through them, let alone listen to my own jibber-jabber. I'm surprised anyone listen? listens it already.
2: It's pretty raw. We just throw it out there, really. That's
0: what brave. You know, I wish I'd known that. What do you
5: guys listen to? Uh,
2: a lot of the same stuff. Like you guys, a little bit of Duncan Trussell, a little bit of Joe Rogan, a little bit of Dan Carlin, a lot of uh, 14 phenomena like the Mysterious Universe, the Grailian Report, uh, stuff like that.
1: I really like No Agenda.
2: No Agenda.
0: Those sound all very familiar. I have to say there's best of the left I like as well because I sort of collect all the decent things that happen that give you a tiny monocum of hope for this country. So, And I don't think it's, you know, I, I know I get on here and whine and complain, but you know, I'm, I'm actually willing to try to pitch in and do something about it too because I think it can all be fixed if we'd all lean the right way. Um, but what do you do about the greed? I mean, I'm sure every problem that all three of our countries have could easily be traced to that, and it's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's one of those things, man. And you see it for yourself. If you make more money, you spend more money. Your whole, your whole lifestyle perpetually changes, and it's difficult to stop.
0: Well, maybe uh, one of us will get to try to be a 1% or we can get back in 20 years and see what an asshole that person turned into. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was going to share, man. He didn't share a goddamn thing. Matter of fact, he called the, the hounds out on me and chased me off his property.
2: And he bought a Tesla.
0: Uh, Oh, see, i are reasonable, man. They're only like fifty grand, and they run (laughs) on electricity. And here, man, I don't know. Have you ever been down to LA to experience the traffic?
2: A little bit, yeah. I
0: haven't, yeah. Graham probably has. It's It's almost impossible to explain. It's so terrible that we've we've invented our own math. I mean, Belali—he lives on the whole other side of LA. Like he's back, like past Dodger Stadium, out into the countryside. We're almost seventy miles apart, but we both end up going to the same place every day. And you know, you're talking hour and a half adventures if it's going well. And it's amazing that people will, you know, I uh, live further out because I can drive faster. That seventeen minutes when the freeways <laughs> open between eleven eighteen and twelve o seven. <laughs> Or yeah. you live in close and tolerate the sewer, you know. <laughs> well, that, you're
3: I, can tell you, I can tell you that L.A. ain't got shit. Oh, I Mexico believe that too. It is traffic. You What's know? it like? What is it like? Uh, it, it literally uh, gave me arthritis. You know, <laughs> what, there was one time when I was stuck two hours in traffic and I was trying to get to my office and I was, you know, like, you know, I had it, you know. Was having a major nervous crisis, you know. And a week after that, I was starting to feel an ache on all of um, over my body, you know. And I went to the doctor, and turns out uh, I have this crazy condition called spondylitis. You know, it's like winning the lottery, only that this sucks. Because, but it's uh, well, I'm completely convinced that the stress. they brought this on me.
0: See, and there again, we go to the difference. Like the old, old, wise elk said, you know, it was a lot more fun to hunt and fish all day than to sit in traffic and worry about the taxes you owe and worry about the bills being late and worry about the traffic some more. And, oh, what's the funny sound in the car? And all the guys looking mean at me. You know, why did we pile all that? To go do what? Sit in an office and, and smile? no. My wife and I have a fun game we play usually when we're at the airport or at the DMV and it's called Count the Smiles. <laughs> and um, if you can get to five first, you probably went to the airport twice.
1: Unless there's <laughs> a lot of kids around.
0: They don't count. They're all so popped up on Ritalin and shit. They don't know where they are. <laughs> See, that's what happens. Those of us who got our kids like in our 20s, you know, we were able to roll with it. We were still pretty dumb and young ourselves. We can handle it. But these parents that have their kids in their like mid thirties, they flip out and just you know, he's he's acting He's jumping up and down on the bed. He must be ADD. No, he's kid. It's a fucking kid. They jump up and down on beds. You don't <laughs> medicate them for that. And we're like, oh, everybody's autistic now. It's because you've been dumping chemicals in them since they were four. You know? Because you're 30 or even worse, like 48-year-old, you know, I wanted to have one, and I had a career, and I waited. And now you're going to at least this monster that you drop into daycare all day and then spend six minutes at home so you can get the riddling into her so she'll go to sleep and wonder why there's trouble. You know, it's crazy. And all of that is so that mom can have a second job so she can afford the clothes, to have her second job so they can afford the daycare. That if she just stayed home, you'd probably, oh, man, erase that. I can hear it already. Already.
2: I don't know how you guys do it raising families. I'm, 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 uh, I don't have a family to raise and I can barely find the time to keep my life balanced as it is like a little bit of, uh, you know, exercise meditation, a little bit of learning about what I'm going to talk about on the podcast and, and a real, uh, you know, a normal job. And man, that's about it. Like how to raise kids too. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, you can scratch that meditation right out of the door. uh, But that's what traffic's good for. You just meditate on that asshole's bumper right there. try. You know, there have been times when I thought if I really concentrate, I might be able to disintegrate his fucking car. You know? Which I think would be great. If you pull like an asshole move, the drivers around you that just saw you pull in front of three semis and almost wreck everybody, we could decide together in a very democratic way that, yes, your car needs to be disintegrated. Now walk your ass to the exit and have a nice day. And you know, traffic would flow a lot better.
1: I've caught myself trying to move stuff in traffic before, too. <laughs> Staring mm-hmm. at a dumpster or something
0: doesn't work. Doesn't it? it be I...
1: cool if I could close the lid?
0: <laughs> Either that, or if I could, um, maybe a spatula, like a James Bond spatula, underneath your car. So when that asshole gets slow in front of you in the quick lane, you just swoop, flip him <laughs> into the medium. like a pancake.
1: That's because you've watched too many violent movies, Richie.
0: I know, man. What <laughs> choice did I have? They were subscribed to me by the same person that recommended I smoke lotar cigarettes.
2: <laughs> you've been <laughs> desensitized.
0: Haven't we all? They're really good at it. I'm still sensitive to the fact that they waste money and uh, people starve in this world. I tell you, that I think the greatest realization I had was probably only about two years old. It was around Christmas time. So, you know, oh, shit. Gonna have to come up with some gifts for these children. Um, I was in a craft store with my wife, of course, because I wouldn't go in a craft store by myself. No. <laughs> and um, there was this crazy, sprinkly, like, like glitter-covered stick with a couple of uh, pine cones on the end of it. And one game, another game, my wife and I like to play lots of games, as you can see. <laughs> um, and another game we like to play is Find Something Made in America, because that one will keep you busy for hours <laughs> in most any store here. But Mm. in the process of that, I stumbled across, like, the 907th item I'd found made in China. And it was, you know, $1.99, glitter-covered stick with pine needles. Mm. And when you sit and realize that the asshole that had to make that might have made a nickel for that, until that guy gets a fair wage for what he does, we are all the same serfs under the thumb of the rich assholes. Because how can I be okay with that, you know? and. Mm -hmm. I occasionally have a nice job. It pays well. Um, And what I do isn't hard. It just takes concentration. I'm a movie editor, if I didn't tell you that. So that's kind of how I spend my day. But how can it be cool that those guys have to sit out there and pick strawberries for nothing, and that guy is working in some Chinese slave labor camp? You know, as long as one person is in that condition, we are all complicit. And that's what I got to say tonight. Corporate ninjas, come get me. (laughs) It's tough
1: to find anything not made in China these days. That's you yeah. me and grandma just, I forget what we had the other day that we, we looked and it was like something that we had got and it was like, Oh
4: yeah.
1: $3. Your or, oh yeah. It was my, I got, it's right here. Actually. I got one of these fancy USB element lighters and it came like overseas from Hong Kong. And it fucking cost $2.50 with delivery halfway across the planet. And as soon as I opened it, I was like, huh.
2: And it looks like and it's actually that's pretty good what's quality. what's
1: wrong with the world. It's <laughs> fucking, how is that sustainable?
0: Well, at times, you know, if you guys had to put one of those together to present to us in the morning, what chance would there be that that would be accomplished? Zero. Exactly. So they're making magic over there and selling it to us for a nickel. Who's going to complain about that?
1: they all sh- till all the computers shut off right before they come over.
0: Well, you know, if, if Japan was truly mad about World War II, they would have been putting a secret boom chip in every TV they sent over for the past 55 years. And one Super Bowl, they'd just pop them all off at once and say, ah, got you back. We win.
1: Okay, I got a high sense. Is that Japanese?
3: I don't know.
0: I don't know. Maybe, ah,
1: maybe I should get a
0: little case for it. Get, <laughs> get something Korean for sure. They're not, only half of them are mad at us.
2: So we want to, uh, we should probably wrap it up here. I know you guys are busy and we want to thank you lots for taking the time to, to join us on this roundtable.
0: Well, it was beauty, I, I sure appreciate you having us on. Um, anytime, give us a shout. And especially if you're going to meet Graham Hancock, tell him hello for the rest of us.
2: Oh, yeah, we
5: will for sure, man. Yeah. You yeah should- what's the deal with Graham? Are you guys having him come up?
1: Uh, oh, we've I, been I trying, wish, yeah. but we're going to be at the same symposium in October. We're hoping we can reel them in then.
2: We're supposed to be talking with Eric Von Daniken at that symposium too. Cool. And there's another couple of our favorite uh, guys that we want to get. So that's going to be a fantastic symposium. That's called the Paradigm Symposium in Minneapolis. Where is it, uh, Darren? Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota yeah.
1: Fuck, we gotta find a re- an excuse to go to LA. I suppose. Yeah.
0: For, to check out the traffic, man. What more? Associated. Yeah.
1: I gotta see these traffic and these overpasses.
0: <laughs> it's pretty fun. Well, we can find a good reason for that. We, um, I think it would be fun to get everybody in the same room for sure. Uh, well, yeah. No. As soon as we don't have to worry about turning into torsos, we'll take it down to Mexico City because that would be pretty cool. i would love to. i would love to go southern mexico and check out the ruins man that stuff blows me away like shit literally designed by a society kind of ruled by serial killers that's awesome (laughs) and terrifying both at the same time and that's pretty much the way it was
3: they were artistic serial killers (laughs) no
0: shit man well they had a you know nothing compared to what you have but they um they had a bunch of um um Toltec stuff up here, and even that was pretty amazing. And that's so old, they don't even know where it came from. I don't believe the Jesus book is going to allow some self-cult civilization that's 12,000 years old. You're going to have to fix that.
3: <laughs> I'll tell you that, man. If you ever come down here, I'll be more than happy to be your guide.
0: That would be a blast. Okay, I'm going to take you up on that for sure, because uh looking forward to it and uh, we'll be polite to the drug cartels. Which, you know, It's not our fault the states are selling weed now.
1: Red's like six foot four, too, so you shouldn't have to worry about getting torsoed up. Perfect! <laughs> uh,
0: well, DB, it was weird to not be in the same room with you, but it's nice to hear your voice, and I'll see you soon. Fellas, thanks so much for having us on. Um, I, it's really doing a lot for my shyness, so um, I just appreciate the time
1: anytime (laughs) yeah thanks for coming on guys maybe we like say if we ever make it down that way maybe we can all or if you guys ever come up here i know joe was just up here hunting bears or something
0: well that's actually a more reasonable thing that would be actually excellent so if we get there between june 7th and august 9th we may miss the snow
4: exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) bda
2: The to the Graberica Show.
1: Yeah, that was a roundtable episode with Daniele Bellelli, Rich Evers, and uh, the one and only Red Pill Junkie, the elusive Red Pill Junkie.
2: Why do you say that?
1: I don't know, because nobody knows his real name. Hmm. It's not elusive. <laughs> he eludes.
2: Yeah, because we need to actually say that. More, so, because people probably don't know what RPG is, right? I mean, it reminds me of a rocket-propelled hand grenade or something,
1: right? You think he's just our imaginary friend?
2: Yeah. Well,
1: if they listen to the show regularly. I'm yeah. Pretty sure. Or if they've been on the internet, they know who Redfield Junkie is.
2: That's true. I wish uh, I would have started listening to the Joe Rogan episode with Duncan Trussell, uh, episode six of the TV show that they did that before we talked to Danielli and Richie Mon. Would have
1: run it a drunken tussle with Duncan Trestle <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, so that's the second of what uh you know, what we do the six months apart? maybe we'll do one every six months. yeah, actually, we we're talking about doing the next one with Stanley Krippner and uh Chris Ryan Chris Ryan, so that'd be cool, and we'll see. we'll have to do one with Micah and them. I guess we did one for his show. We should do one for our show eventually.
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd do them uh, more often if you want. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, it's a good time.
2: Totally but, more conversation style.
1: like trying to squeeze in all the extra episodes, right? Where it looks so fucking solid, it's crazy these days.
2: I know. I don't even know how we're going to do it, really. I <laughs> Maybe
1: we'll have to go to two, you, two episodes summer. a week.
2: <laughs> it's going to be a busy summer.
1: Two apps a week.
2: But I like the style. I like the conversation. Like, sometimes when you're interviewing guests, you try and be conversational, but they're so into the script of what they're... Uh, what they've been researching that it's hard to just chat.
1: Yeah, and it's more just about them, right? Whereas the round table is more opened up to a yeah. To a round table. So on that note, uh as always support the show, grammerica.ca slash money for all the details. Uh chance to win some money yourself, so check that out. Uh use the Amazon portal if you're buying any shit. Uh spamgram. Spamgram. I forget how it goes now. Fuck. Anyway, SpamGram. We'll check out the show notes. We'll have all the music. That's about it. Check out the Richie Mon or check out the Drunken uh, Dallas podcast, of course, too.
2: Yeah, for sure. We'll link to that. But they got a great podcast over there.
1: Yep. Uh, The only thing that bugs me is it only comes out like every two weeks. If that. If that, yeah. So. It's good when it does. Maybe we should go to one once a month. Wonder, I wonder if people would prefer if we went to one a month or two a week. I wonder what the...
2: Not two a week, obviously. You think so? Yeah, man. Maybe
1: people want less of us. No.
2: Then they, they like just us, but listen. they just want less. Then they have more to choose from. This is true. All right, guys. Thanks for,
1: uh, thanks for listening. Check out the website. Check out uh, check out the... Uh...
2: Emails. No? Graham at grahamerica.com? the money bomb
1: check out the website check out the uh, show notes and thanks for listening <laughs> we will see you next week
2: pop it like I really
4: should I'm up on your mind feeling pretty good don't stop it bitch you in my way thank you so much oh wow okay